but I have been able to become number one in what I do because I assume the role of number two in the business and in like our relationship. I, you still are number I, one. Yeah, I know, babe. I know. See, but, see, <laughs> Welcome to Big Business Mistakes, hosted by Brandon and Kaylin Poulin. Hear the most successful entrepreneurs tell jaw-dropping stories and lessons behind their biggest business mistakes so that you don't make them. Ditch the fake highlight reel and get the raw truths and golden lessons of what it actually takes to scale your business from those who have done it. This is Big Business Mistakes. All right, guys, welcome back. To the Big Business Mistakes Show, I'm Brandon Poulin. I'm Kalen Poulin, <laughs> and we're so excited to be with you guys today. Today, we're going to be talking about what's our title today? Business partner mistakes. Dun dun dun! Everything's <laughs> going to sound so doom and gloom on this show. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it shouldn't be seen that way at all. Like doom and gloom. It should totally be seen like this is stuff I don't have to go through now because of listening to the show. That's true. We do the doom and gloom yeah, so you don't have we to. We went through the doom and gloom so you don't have to. Oh my gosh. We made all the mistakes so you don't have to. This is going to be so good for anybody in business because we're yep. going to talk about business partnerships. Yep. We're going to talk about how to structure business partnerships. Yeah. We're going to talk about the the mistakes that we've made in business yeah. partnerships. So ours is unique because obviously we're married, if you yeah. didn't catch that one. Yeah. Um, but it's also unique because we are truly business partners in every area and have co-built the business together um, over the last decade, yeah. right? And being married to your business partner is a, new, is a different type of heart. It is a different type <laughs> of heart. So if we could do it and your business partners with someone and you're not married, you can do it. Yeah. But we're going to talk about that. So even if you don't have a business partner, or you're not married with a business to your business partner. Mm -hmm. This is still going to be extremely valuable in understanding partnerships. We're going to talk about roles. We're going to talk about managing. We're going to talk about some of the stuff with the family at home with your yeah. business partnership. Um, we're going to talk about operating in your gifts mm -hmm. and how to do that. Yeah, um, even like roles in your house. And and really, these are all like mistakes that we made. We yeah. didn't operate in our gifts. We didn't structure our family right. Yeah, like having having partnerships inked and agreements made clarity. Yeah. And some of, and some of the oh, stories of people stuff. that have partnerships that have yep. told us their horror stories. But what I think is cool about this and, and what you just hit on is that even if you don't have business partnerships, even if it's like you as the solopreneur, like of your house and you aren't partner with someone, this is a, a good lens to have on. Even when you're, you're thinking about partnering with someone on a collaboration or a JV, or um, you're going to work together in some way, or even like a mentor, this is a good lens to, to look at things through of how you actually like work together with other people, even if it's not like equity in your business, like for, for say, or like actual someone partnered, but even how you choose mentors, like this is a good lens to, to look through things through. Yeah, definitely. So, Kaylin, what's what's your biggest mistake here? Like, what's one of the mistakes you've made in our our business partnership? Oh gosh, I just asked that, didn't I, guys? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, with us being married and having been been in business, like ever since we started our relationship as two like human beings who liked each other, and um, you hit me up on Facebook when I went single on Facebook, and we're like, "Hey, girl," you know. 
Um, and we started. I'm pretty sure I called you and I did not sound like, <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> no, you're it was like, more like, hey, girl. You're like, what's up, girl? <sighs> no. Um, but, you know, even from the inception of our actual relationship, we have worked together. Like I literally from the beginning, from the very first day that we talked on FaceTime, well, we, met, been we met through partners. work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we met through that network marketing company we were both in. And so you convinced me to come to Denver yep. because you're like, just get out of there. I've gotten out of a, a long term relationship and you're like, just come out here and you can work from here. And I'm living with some other promoters and it'll be fun and all this stuff like it'll be fun. Right. And so I go all the way out there. That's how I sell her. I just tell her it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then she gets to and then she's like crap i have to work now <laughs> yeah, yeah but um and so even that first day of me rolling up to denver like we started that moment like doing phone calls together and building business together and even though we weren't in the same team and network marketing we were building each other's business and working together and so i feel like we took there was such a, a brunt like two forces that came together in those moments like we grew so much in that first initial working together because we're two totally different people that operate in two totally different ways. We also had successful businesses apart from, from one another that we weren't like, we weren't, um, we weren't monetarily connected at that time while we were working together, you know, and we we're here, we are being two totally different people that have successful businesses that operated in their own gifts and built these businesses ourselves that now we were bringing together, you know, in, in partnership, like working together for the, for the first time. And, um, and I think in the very beginning, it was hard because I'm very like type A, like leader. I'm like, I want to lead, like, I want to do the thing. Like nobody tells me what to do. And, um, we, but we butted heads a lot, a lot, a yeah, lot. We butted heads a lot in the beginning. Yeah. Like I couldn't listen or hear anything from you in the beginning at all. You were used to, <laughs> you were used to leading. Yeah. Like you were the leader. Yeah. Yeah. I was the driver. Yeah. And so, um, and then you met me. Yeah. And then I met you and you I was like, I've never met someone harder. that drove harder than me. And here you are, you know? Um, and so I think guys, <laughs> she wants you to drive harder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we are on the topic of, of marriage a little bit here, but partnerships. Yeah. Partnerships. And, um, so there was a lot of learning I had to do myself of saying like, okay, I need to step out of my own way of doing things and allow like his gifts to um, be able to work together with my gifts. Like, and so we started taking calls and I was really great at the storytelling and having a great testimony. And so we really learned like, okay, Kaylin's gift is this, is to amp people up, is to encourage them and tell them they can do it and share testimony, right? And then you were great at the logistical part of moving them like really the transition of moving them from a fun and awesome phone call of I want to be a part of this into like an actual close. business opportunity and close. Yes. Closing. Yes. And close. Like, I was the closer at that point. Yeah, you are. You are. And, um, and so then I think that's really when our, our gifts are different. Like the differences in our personalities really started to show me like once these two things come together, wow, this is even more powerful because there's like two things operating at once. And, and so over time, I think that we got to, we got to go back to the, the driver thing though. Yeah. Cause I think that was a, that was a mistake that we made Yeah, is that we were both trying to lead. Yep. And so the mistake was she was, you. I mean, when, she, before she met me, she was driving hard. She was the leader of her yeah. team. She was a leader of her, 
arena and mm -hmm. and her house, if mm -hmm. you will, even with the guy that you were with before me, like you were the leader in the relationship, mm -hmm. right? Because you were the stronger one. And so you came in and and ultimately guys and girls is in a business partnership, someone's really got to be the leader. Yep. There can't be two generals. Have you ever heard of an army with two generals? Mm. You just, it doesn't work, right? You're like, hey, you know, too many chiefs, not enough Indians, right? Yeah. Like we've heard these things before, but it's it's true. It's like, if you're driving towards an objective mm -hmm. and two people are trying to call the shots, it ultimately doesn't work. So there has to be a submission of authority. Yeah. So I think partnerships fail because they're partnered. You're partnered. Like just because someone's leading doesn't mean that they don't have a, the other person doesn't have a voice or yeah. isn't an equal in the yeah. relationship mm -hmm. or in the partnership. Right. It just it just means that somebody's gotta have the final say mm -hmm. and, and the other partners have to be okay with that. Yeah. And I, I right? think the thing that helped held me back and holds most people back is pride of like how you know, I, I've always been used to being the leader and ha and I had so much pride around like I'm the number one that I could not see a life where I had to be number two. Like there has to be, there's two number ones or I'm out. And so for like months, like we butted heads over this and it hurt our actual, like our love relationship, right? Like our, our personal relationship, because I refused to become number two. And over time I realized like Brandon's skill set is much more fit to be the number one role in this relationship. And number two, like, of course, like the Bible says that, you know, submit to your husbands in a way that it's like, well, he's under God's authority. And if I come out under his authority, then I too, I'm, I'm protected here. And it was a revelation that I had. And really, I got convicted by it, like super convicted of like, okay, like now that I know, like this is what the Bible says, number one, but number, number two is that you were more fit as the leadership role. And I wasn't used to that. I was usually having to, to cover for everyone else, take the responsibility on of everyone else, like in my life for so long, like being the oldest child, like being these other relationships and, and being a driver and always knew I was a leader. So I just knew like, I'm no, I'm always number one. And so once I saw your skill set and said, I think we're stronger with me as a number two, like if you led and you did those things and set the path, like I could be the most powerful number two. And it's the hardest thing I ever had to do was literally submit to being number two wow. because I'm, I was used to it always being number one, number one in my class, like number one in sports, like number one or nothing. Like if you're not first, your last mentality. Guys, she had a D one scholarship <laughs> for basketball in college. Like that's crazy. And number one, and I wanted to be number one. And so I you still are number I, one. Yeah, I know, babe. I know. See, but <laughs> I'm number one in what I do, but I have been able to become number one in what I do because I assume the role of number two in the business and in like our relationship. Um, I've been able to become number one in what I do because if I was in the number one role doing what you do, that's not my gift. And I had to recognize that in myself. Like, are you number one just because your pride is saying that you have to be number one? Or if you became number two and allowed someone else to take that CEO role, like over the business, right? Or the partner that you have, uh, give them that title and become the so C good. CMO. I became 
like people will say like the number one salesperson. I'm like the best in marketing. I operated my gifts all the time and exploded our business because I assumed the role of number two. And number one, if I was number one, it would not have worked. It would have never got off the ground. We would have made sales and done stuff. But, and everyone thought like I was running the business, but that's not how it actually worked because it wouldn't have worked if you hadn't have been number one. And it was the hardest thing I ever did. So you know what's so cool about this, that this is just like coming coming to me right now is like, you submitted in our home relationship. So yeah. for those of you guys who are working with your spouse, like like the woman submitting to the man in the working relationship, but here's yeah. what's so cool about what happened with us is that when you did that, I actually submitted to you in the business, like in a way that now you were the brand, the face, like mm-hmm. in the beginning, right? And we evolved and, and then eventually you know, other people were in the ads and all of that. And it wasn't just dependent on you. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it was like I submitted because at the time I was building, you know, my my following in network marketing. Yeah. And uh, and and I was on the stage and I was training and stuff like that. And I submitted my ego and was like, I'm going to build her up because she's got the better story. And this is yeah. like we're, she's going to appeal to women. And so and so early on in our business partnership, we established our roles. Yeah. Right. Mm hmm. And I think that's the mistake yeah. that in the beginning, we didn't have it established. And, mm-hmm. and there were times actually, we adjusted it a few times of like, what's your role? What's my role? Yeah, you'd make me write out my job <laughs> description. That's right. <laughs> if, you're a bu- if you're in business right now <laughs> yeah. and you have business partners and you guys do not have job titles and job descriptions, like there's, there's strife and and struggle that doesn't need to happen. And miscommunication. A hundred percent. Of who owns what, of responsibility. We were we were working um we were working with one of our clients uh it was a couple months ago, and it was very clear that one of them was very sales oriented, yeah, was was gonna go make it rain in the business. Mm-hmm. And and there was another partner, and she was very operationally oriented but they weren't operating in that gift at all. It was yeah. like one person's over here, like the the main owner's doing accounting and journal entries and yeah. doing all these things, just like being busy. And I was like, no, no, we need to restructure and move move the operations over here because that's, that's her strength, right? Yeah. And so being able to identify what your strength is, and I just like, it sounds so simple, but when you're, when you're like looking and evaluating your own business and where you sit right now, it's like, are you doing what you're good at? Yeah. Are you operating in the strength? Yeah. And what things are on your plate right now that you are doing that aren't your strength that someone else could do better than you? Yeah. Like Massive what's mistake. the thing that only you can do, but what are the things on your plate that other people can do that you need to offload? So you can do more of what you're like the best at. Yep. And that's, and that's the process. Like we built a team of 150 people brick by brick it was it was always like okay what am i doing right now what should i not be doing that i'm doing <laughs> and like what are the functions that we need to grow that i need to delegate or hand off where am i feeling pressure where am i feeling discomfort in like my you know what i'm doing like if i tracked my time for every 15 minutes wrote down what i was doing and then you look at that and you're like uh oh, this is not what's going to move the needle on the business yeah like this is not going to move the needle, and I'm like, okay, we need to build that into a job. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how it went, like one job at a time. It yep. was like, what's the next thing that we need to offload and know your role? So when you're in partnerships, guys, 
Get freaking crystal clear. Yeah. I'll never forget the day Get that you, you sat us down and it was in the very beginning when all this strife was happening and you sat us down and, you know, we're both doing things in the house. Like we have, you know, this house is just the two of us. Like we don't have help, nothing like that. And you, we had to write out like what our roles were in the household and what our roles were in the business. And we basically like think like a T chart. I'm like, guys, I'm not touching dishes. <laughs> Yeah, you did. You washed the dishes for a long time because I said I cook because you can't cook at all. So you can make us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every night for dinner. But it didn't mean it didn't mean that I, I got what I wanted in the beginning. All right, guys. Like, <laughs> but you know, but I don't touch dishes now. That's for sure. <laughs> we we wrote out the roles of like in the house. Okay, Kaylin's gonna cook and Brandon's gonna do the dishes after dinner. And we game like here's who's gonna take out the trash. Like here's who is in charge of like you know restocking the groceries like here's who's in charge of doing the bills here and so we sorted those roles in our house and then we also did the same thing in business like okay kaylin's great at Thank like, god i don't cook guys <laughs> yeah oh my marketing gosh. and sales and copywriting and these things are my skill set and then brandon's skill set was the complete opposite of that and once we aligned on here's what the roles are actually going to look like it actually being as a creative person, like you never want to be put in a box, right? We say all the time, like, don't put me in a box. You know what I mean? But it was like, almost like that T-chart gave me freedom because I knew the things on Brandon's side of the T-chart, Brandon's side of the line, like those were his things. Now I didn't have to worry about them. I didn't have to stress about them. I just focused on my side of the T-chart, what I needed to do my role. And that's the lane that I stayed in. I didn't ever go into Brandon's lane. I didn't guess. I like, committed and trusted that the things on his side of the line were going to be done. That came down to bills in the house or washing the dishes after dinner. And also in the business of making sure that, you know, everything is in place that we need to grow and operating and leading the teams and all of that stuff. Like I stayed out of your lane and, and you, you stayed out of mine. Yeah, definitely. And one thing is trust. Trust is a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, if you don't trust your business partner mm. to take care of the stuff that is in their lane, yeah, then you shouldn't be in business together. Yeah. I'm like, you shouldn't. Cause, because if, how, how are you going to be partners in the business and not have trust? Because then you're over there, oh, hey, are you doing this right? Are you double checking? And they feel, they'll feel undermined. Yeah. They'll feel and like micromanaged. Micro, like, like, dude, this is my lane. Let me take care of my stuff. Mm hmm. And, you know, we sat down with a company, there was three partners and they all had different roles. They knew what their roles were, mm -hmm. right? They understood yeah. like one was very, um, operational focused and then two were very sales and market or one was product focused. One was operations focused. And then one was sales and marketing focused. Yeah. And it's like a, gr they're a great team. And I'm like, you guys are like awesome Yeah. because they knew they know what their roles are. Mm -hmm. They stay in their they lane. They stay in their lane. Yep. And everyone does their job. I mean, you got to hold each other accountable. But if you don't have that trust, like if you're questioning that, see, I, I, I think that business partnerships are just like marriages and the oh, fact yeah. that like you are getting in bed under the covers yeah. with naked. somebody. <laughs> yeah, you're naked. You're, in, you're under the covers together. Yeah. And so when you get into that, you're like, I'm going to be, I'm going to get married to this person mm -hmm. guys going through the problems and challenges you go through to, to build a business mm -hmm. are just as hard as going through the problems and challenges to build a marriage. Yeah. And I feel like people like fling it, fling it around a lot too. Just like they meet someone in a room and they're like, Oh, we should partner on this. Like we should do this together. Like, Oh, we should do this like offer together and like these things. And I'm like, 
have you really thought through the process of what partnering with that person is more than just like, oh, we could make a lot of money together. Oh, like we could make a course together that's going to blow up. But really, have you thought about, you know, is this someone that you want to get in bed with? Yeah. Like, is this someone that you actually want to be married to? Yeah. And what are the like personally, you know, um, and what are the repercussions that can happen more like more or less like what are the things that could go wrong? And I feel like I see people like partnering up on stuff all the time and people that have like ruined relationships over it because like, oh, we should just partner on this thing, on this initiative. And they do it without thinking like what what could go wrong or is this person someone I'm actually aligned with like outside of just business that I want to be partnered with long term? Yeah. I mean, I, I can think of a, a partnership um, right now where they're actually family. Yeah. And... And it's, and this is one of the mistakes that I see mm-hmm. so many times. Like I, I could, I could tell that I could say the company right now and most people would know who it was. And one of the, one of the partners in this company was a equity holder, right? Or was told that by, by the guy with the bank account and the mm-hmm. operating agreement, if your name's not on an operating agreement and you think you're a business partner in a business, you're yeah. not, you're not, you're not. <laughs> You don't have anything. Yeah. Like without Nothing. a massive, without a massive legal battle, you, you don't have anything. You shouldn't be doing handshake deals anymore. And so that's right. And that's the mistake. It's handshake deals. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you guys, like this business sold and this partner got nothing that he was promised mm-hmm. because it wasn't inked. Yep. It wasn't, it you wasn't on a piece no, of paper. No legal right to it at all. So, so there's, there's some arguments to, to, um, if there's written communication and, and evidence and, but now you're getting into a legal battle, which, you know, is going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. It might be worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. It might come down to it, but it's like, if you are in a deal and you think you're a partner and you don't have a piece of paper, I mean, I, I know three people right now in my brain that I'm thinking about seven figure companies, multiple seven figure companies doing tons of money think they're an owner have absolute they're not entitled to equity in the business because they have handshake deals. Yeah. Guys, this is a huge mistake. Right? So so I'm like saying it because I'm usually the guy in control. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. I'm the number one. Yeah. But if you're the number two and you've got a minority in a business or think you do, but you don't have a piece of paper, like you don't got nothing. I'm, and so I'm so I'm trying to I got to look a marriage out. license though. You, you got a marriage <laughs> license. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, honey, it's all half yours anyways. <laughs> I went bigger. I get at least 50%. Yeah, at least. There you go. Oh my gosh. She says at least 50%. <laughs> oh man. So so you gotta you gotta look at it. You gotta look at it and be like, what's on paper, what's inked, what's in contract? Mm-hmm. Handshake deals are great, but like I'm looking out for the little guy. I, I I did deals multiple times with people and I, you know, bringing them in. And there's different ways you can structure partnerships, right? Um, and I think that's that's going to another mistake that I made was when it c- comes to compensation plans, man, it's people that really grow your team. It's people that will grow your revenue. Mm-hmm. It's people that will grow your profit. It's people that make your business valuable, not you, but the other people that are in your business that are running it, that are operating it. Right. And so if you can, if you can get the right people and you bake them in mm-hmm. to the partnership, now, partnership doesn't mean they're getting a big percentage of your company, but there's a way that you can structure. You can do phantom equity, 
You can do accelerated vesting schedules with a, a hard cliff. There, there, there's ways that you can incentivize, right? And the real players that build great companies know that it's all about the team and the people that you bring mm-hmm. into the business. Yeah. And the and and so and so at the end of the day, a lot of the top executives at companies, like we know this, there's the top CEOs of Fortune 500 companies make tens of millions of dollars a year. They could go have their own company. They could be they're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? But you can buy entrepreneurs. Yeah. You can buy entre- you get to the point where it's like people that are stellar that can solve real problems and create massive leverage in your company, mm-hmm. they could be entrepreneurs. And like, this is like a total, like was a huge mind shift for me. Yeah, going you actually like, recruited an entrepreneur into, into our business to lead a yeah, department. Yeah. And, and you gotta be careful with entrepreneurial people in your company though. But, but like you can structure and, and, and this is, and this is like the game that, that people don't talk about a lot is like how you, how you structure compensation for high level producers, like people should win, man. Mm-hmm. Like people should be making multiple six figures at your business. If you're the only one making money in your company, like people are going to cycle out. They're going to leave. They're going to go somewhere else because you're hoarding it all. Right. Yeah. And so it took me too long to realize that I lost great people because I didn't just put them in a position, not only, but give them the compensation and the room to grow. Yeah. Because people who are absolute, absolutely stellar, I mean, this is like, you know, when you're getting past, you know, eight figures and you start, you start to get into multiple eight figures. That's when, when I think this really matters. Right. But even in the beginning, you know, is it structured to win? It's like such a good thought too, like bringing the entrepreneurs in, you know, like I remember we got to that point and it was like, well, no one's going to know it better than someone who like has an agency for this right now. Like we're building an in-house team. And like who owns an agency right now that's doing this that could come do it in-house for us and literally hired out the entrepreneur who walked away from like their own business to come lead a department for us. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I love that. I love that thought. (laughs) The the second mistake here, which is very personal. We got a a lot of them on here. We're like, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're jumping all over the place now. (laughs) But, um kind of cycling back to marriage and business partnerships. Um, When I went through our first pregnancy, my first pregnancy, but having our first child, Romy, you know, even when I was pregnant, like I was one of the- I love how she says my first pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't pregnant. We weren't, you were. Yeah, you weren't. I felt like I was. You didn't have insomnia. (laughs) You weren't uh, like up all night. You weren't throwing up all the time. I was pregnant. You weren't. So, but, but through this pregnancy, (laughs) through this pregnancy, you know, um, I, I was almost operating at a higher level. Like I had, I was someone that during the day had more energy and was like doing more while I was pregnant. And then, you know, um, we had Romy and brought her home we brought Romy home, everything kind of shifted in the house and we didn't realize the type of impact that that would actually have, you know? And Romy was home with me for those years. Like, you know, and then COVID happened and we literally had no help at home and her school was closed. And I was like leading a marketing department and doing all this content and all these meetings and doing all this stuff. And we didn't really realize that the impact that it would have me also having a, a child at home. Like I was expected to do my full and entire roles inside the business and also be a full-time stay-at-home mom all at once. And I think, 
you always point out that this is a huge mistake that you made. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, what happened was we had a nanny yeah. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then when COVID happened, you know, everybody was like, I don't know what's going on. Right? Yeah, the yeah. first two weeks. I mm-hmm. think like after like four weeks, we were back to normal, basically. <laughs> we, we were... We were New Mexico, wasn't <laughs> Yeah. The whole country and the world and our city, especially. But four weeks in, we, we're back we to normal. We gave it about two weeks, yeah. But, but, but our nanny was like already kind of pivoting out. And so we had her for, for a while, but it was when our second child came and you were home with two kids and I still was expecting the same like workload. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, but you never told me it. I didn't know. So I just didn't realize. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you, you build like, you build resentment. Yeah, I did. You resented me for it. I did. I built resentment because it was just like, you know, how can you not understand all these things that I'm trying to do at once? And it's hard enough having one kid at home. And I like, don't even know how I survived that year of my life. And we ended up hitting like, <laughs> that's the year we hit the ink list was when Romy came home and we got like number one B2C company, you know, fastest growing in the United States. And here I am with like a kid at home. And then there was two. And when there was two, like, that's literally when I think the wheels fell off for me because <laughs> there was just not anything else I could do. And I resented you and I resented the business, period, because I was like, these two children are something that's so important to me. And here I am trying to do both things at once and be great at both things at once. But yet, like we are operating as if I'm not I don't have two kids at home. Like if all that I am a that I literally am just married to you and we don't have kids and how I operated in the business then and the roles did not change and the things did not change and I didn't speak up and say it like I would say like I'm overwhelmed or like I don't feel like I can get all this stuff done and it would just be like oh like you can do it you know you got it you can do it you know and I'm like how can you not see and so it was almost like I felt ignored a little bit like ignored of what I was going through and so it made me resent the business and not want to do it like I I, like didn't want to do it because I was like I'm not going to give up the time with these kids and so it was like a really big miscommunication between the two of us and like absolute misunderstanding of like see because i'm over here and i'm like i'm I'm just busy right i'm just, yeah you're up here in I'm your just... office closed off no one <laughs> sees you you're in a quiet room in your office i'm in our bedroom is my office yeah. with two kids breastfeeding like having yeah. two kids at home yeah it was to- two totally different worlds were happening inside of our home at the same time guys this is like healing right now we're like having <laughs> we're having like marriage therapy. Yeah. And so afterwards, when you're like, I think the biggest mistake I made was not realizing the effect that all of that was having on you and expecting the same amount of output that I expected from you with one kid or even, you know, that you didn't have kids. Like the mistake, guys, the mistake was that we, we let the nanny go. We're like, Oh, we could do it without her. We'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, and you no, said the nanny, yes. The nanny quit. And then we just were we like, decided we, don't not, need to we decided her. not to replace her. Yeah. Cause I wanted more time with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so like we weren't aligned. See, and this is where in a partnership, it's like, I'm thinking, oh, the output will be the same. She's up for it. Yeah. But, but you're like, and you said yes. You're like, yeah, I can, I can take care of it. I can do it. Yeah. And then you didn't ask for help. No. Cause I, like I said in my last one, I say yes to everything. And then yeah. I'm like, even though I know oh, I was so kind of me. intertwined to that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. And so I think the, the, the lesson here guys is like, is, is twofold is number one is when are, are you, are you not aligned with what's actually going on in the roles? Mm-hmm. And then number two is what's happening at home with your team. 
Yeah. What's their home life look like? Yeah. You know, when, when you've got an employee that's about to have a baby, it's like, you best believe that something's going to change in their work-life balance, right? Yeah. Like you best believe that it's, things are going to adjust. And so you got to have those conversations with your team members. You got to have how you got to reset expectations. You got to gain an understanding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if you think things are going to be the same, like they're not, you know, like they're not going to be the same. There might be a new system that needs to go in place. There might be a new process. There might be different hours that need to be yeah. worked, but you have to literally look at it and say like, okay, I know this is a different season and what needs to happen in this season to make sure that we're still growing and that it, it the, the shoe fits with the scenario, yeah. you know? Well, and it, it was literally a part of our personnel planning, Yeah. right? So we do our strategic planning cadence that we'd have in quarterly and we're looking at team and we're evaluating the managers, we're evaluating the employees and it's like, okay, well, who's pregnant right now? Yeah. We had so many, it was lady boss, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so in the, in the, in the build of all the, all the people, it was like, we had so many women get pregnant. And so it was a part of the personnel planning. Yeah. It was like, how did things change? And then, I mean, we even created, you created this incredible, um, like program basically for how to optimize your home. Yeah. When you're like, it's got like sleep training, like how we got our kids on dialed in. And so I'm thinking like, she's got this so dialed in, like we prepared. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I'm thinking like, she's got this so dialed in. You got, you, I mean, you, you had it like you had the whole plan, you had mm-hmm. all the tech, you had this, the sleeping and they're yeah. all just, it was just the capacity. Right. And so I'm thinking all of that plan is going to create like, oh, you'll be able to continue at work at the same pace without a nanny. And that was the mistake. Yeah. That was like the mistake. Yeah. That With we having made. like two kids while on zoom calls. Yeah. Coming, coming back and, and having kids. Yeah coming back to that. And think you're going to doing any type of copywriting or writing of anything when you're sitting with two kids, you know? Yeah, <laughs> totally. What else do you think has been hard being business partners with me? Um, <laughs> I, I think, um, I think seeing like knowing your, your gift is like directness and focus and not everyone like you don't say things that tickle people's ears. Like sometimes like you can be very not offended, but just very like sometimes like, oh, like Brandon is going so fast that you don't feel like a real person, you know? And, but, but at the same time, you're just like, here's what needs to be delegated. Here's what needs to be done. And you're so like to the point because that's your personality. Like when he's at work, he's a DC personality and just like, we always say all the time we like disc DC. Yeah, disc DC, and and that, look up disc after this. If you don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, you, you run over people like you leave a trail of dead bodies. You know because and not not in a purposeful like you want to hurt people way. Just like you're so direct and so like straightforward and so to the point that it can be like you're not human. You yeah, know, and yeah. so like guys, my my nephew wrote me a card. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote me a card. For, for uh, I think it was like Christmas or my birthday. Yeah. And it was like, happy birthday, Brandon. You are intense. Yeah, you are intense. <laughs> this is like from a seven-year-old. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. Yeah, so, yeah you're right, so, for sure. So with all that directness and all that, that point, like it can literally take like the human connection part out of it. And not even that I'm, not even that I'm someone that's like, oh, like I have to have human connection all the time. It's just like you, you start to not feel human that you're like operating with the AI, like Brandon's the AI savant that like just runs and goes. Um, and my thing that I loved about being in business with you is that we had fun together. And then like kind of all the, 
the driving took all and all the directness and to the pointness, like took all the fun out of mm. being in business with you. Like there was the reason we got into business and the reason why we loved doing yeah. the beginning was because we were having fun together and it was fun building together. And then all of the fun was sucked out by like all of like, it's just direct and here it is and lay it out and buy, yeah. you know? So, so good for me, that was kind of like in your partnership, think about like why you like being in business with that person. You need to communicate to them. Like, here's why I love being in business with you. And here's why I love working with you. Yeah. But here's the things that like I'm looking for in this partnership. And for me, like I was looking for, I want to build a business with someone, but I want to have fun doing it along the way. I don't want it to be hustle, hustle, hustle and grind our faces off. So we die with a lot of money in our bank account. Like who the frick cares about any of that? Like I want to, I want to feel awesome in the build. I want to feel like we're having fun. Like we're doing awesome, memorable things. And so I think that that was a mistake that we made was allowing, and it wasn't your fault, but just me not communicating is my fault as well. But, you know, taking all the fun about the things that I loved about doing it. And so then it was like, this isn't fun to me anymore. Like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's what I love about you. (laughs) It's like, you're like, like, I'd be such a boring, like, I would just sit in a cave and just like, I'd probably be really successful. Right. But like, I probably wouldn't have had any fun along the way. You wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. The Bible talks about success without sorrow. That's what I want. I want success without sorrow. Because there's a lot of people that have success. Oh, yeah. They got a lot of sorrow that comes with it. And they'll never talk about it. And you won't see it. Mm -mm. But you know it. You hear the stories. You can feel it. No, but you hear the stories. You hear the stories of the the rich and famous or the most medicated, depressed, suicidal. It's like like globally, as a statistic, Mm -hmm. depression suicide, like these are things reserved for the wealthiest people in the world globally. And like by wealthy in the world, like I think it's half the world lives on like less than like $3 a day. Mm-hmm. I know I'm butchering that. Yeah. Cause I'm not like, I didn't, but it's a, it's, it's around there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're the wealthiest people in the world. You're the wealthy, some of the wealthiest people in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want success without sorrow, but it's so interesting because on my side of the fence, when we talk about, you know, the fun and everything, it's like, there's a lot of weight as an entrepreneur to carry the organization. Totally. You've got everyone's jobs, the mm-hmm. responsibilities. And so I just took it so seriously. Yeah. But but it was a mistake for sure in a way of like, I took things so seriously that they weren't fun. Yeah. And it's like, why are we doing it? Yeah. I'm so like, like, I got into business with you because yeah. I was having fun doing it. And so we could have yeah. fun. Yeah. And for years, like we had no fun. Like we had, even outside of just the business, like we didn't really like capitalize on having fun together as a couple outside of that. And now we put things in place. Like we play pickleball together and we do stuff together and yeah, we have date nights, but we do, you know, monthly overnight somewhere to have fun. And like, that's the intention, like, and Brandon, Brandon needed that. And so if you have a business partner like Brandon, it's like our intention today is just to have fun together. Like that's the intention. Like that's what we're here for. That is the purpose of today is having fun. And let's see how much fun we can actually have. Because when it's just like, oh, like, let's, let's go have fun. Let's go do something. It's like, yeah, but what's, what is the point? We need to make thing? fun a goal. Otherwise, right? like we need a goal. Yeah. And you so- guys know what I'm saying? You're like me, you're like, I need a goal. I don't, I need a purpose. Yeah. It's like, okay, the purpose is to have what's fun. Our, yeah. I'm like, all right, that's an outcome. Like, why do you want to like, do we need an overnight? Like we just went on a vacation, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, no, like this, this time is specifically for us to just have fun together as a couple. And once that became like a goal to do, then it was like, you were like bought all in on it. Yeah, totally. So I think in, in a business partner context without marriage, 
it's like you've got to enjoy working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you got in, into business with your best friend because you guys were at the lake, like drinking beers together, having a great time. You love this person. You guys are like having a blast, doing life together. And you're like, you know what? We got this idea. Let's do it together. And so then you get into business together and you start working together. And then all of a sudden there's not those lake trips. There's not those nights of like, you know, having a beer around the campfire and just being buddies anymore. And then, so there's this resentment that builds because Mm -hmm. the thing that got you into business with that person no longer exists. And it's like a memory that you keep trying to say like, Oh, remember when we did this, like nostalgia, right? So like, how can you bring that back into the relationship to where you truly love being in business with that person again, because you love that person, you have fun with them. And they're like, you have exciting things outside of the business that build that relationship that will also in turn build the business. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I love that. And so, so another thing that comes into mind is that you got to have fun, right? Yeah. But what happens as you grow Mm-hmm. Is that all the people that, that were there in the beginning are not going to be the people that can get you to where you want to go. Yep. And so here's, here's what I think is so critical is that you don't have to burn bridges with those relationships. You may not see them as much. You may not talk to them as much. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to burn bridges with those people. Right. It's just like create opportunities. Like we did, we did company retreats. Yep. Right. Like we yeah. would, we would take everybody to Mexico and we built it into to our our calendar along with a there was actually a business event going on as well but we would double up right yeah so, so we do our coaching event and then we'd bring our entire like leadership team with us right and so to create those experiences and and to to have fun as a part of the culture because yeah. initially I'm like dude we're not paying for people to go on vacation yeah. and I'm like yes I'm like, we That's are crazy. <laughs> we're taking everybody uh, I was like because I, I I was cheap and she's like no this makes sense and it would be cool and. And so like, I think more people to- might be like you. I think more entrepreneurs are probably like you. Like they want to have more fun. But where I'm like, no, but like it's it's tough because if things become too friendly, too relational, like too familiar. Uh, too familiar. Yeah. Right? There's this this sense of familiarity that mm-hmm. starts to permeate and then and then we lose that professionalism. That happens. Yeah. I see it happen. I think it's a balance, right? The hierarchy gets wishy-washy. You know, yeah, like I mean, I, I, I think if you deal with family members, yeah, right, and so maybe your business partner is your family member, mm-hmm. right, and so yeah. I, I hired. I think at one point I had, um, I had my stepmother, my mom, her, my mother-in-law, um, your sister, mm-hmm. so my your daughter brother. and or your no, sister cousin sister-in-law. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then who else? There was one Your more. Your brother. And my brother, all working for us. Yeah. Working for me. And, and I, then several of my family members who are all in support. Right. And and when it comes to that, it's like, guys, one of the most helpful things I ever did was I thought about it like hats. Mm. Yeah. Right. So it's like, hey, I'm going to take my boss hat and I'm putting my boss hat on. I'm going to take, I'm like, I would physically do this in the meeting. I'd be <laughs> like taking off this hat and I'm putting on. I'm putting on the boss hat or I'm putting on the brother hat or I'm putting on the family hat. Here's what I'm telling you, but like I'm putting on a boss hat, right? And I would Mm -hmm. physically do this and it would set the frame. Yeah, for what you're about to tell them. Yeah, because you can have both. You just need to be clear about like which side you're coming from. Yeah. Right? Because nepotism, right? Nepotism being where we, we've uh, friends and family and everything's so so, um, uh, informal right? Like it's, I kind of look at it like the opposite of professionalism in a way. 
And so if you get in this environment of nepotism, it, it can really damage business, ruin it because you're, you're letting the, the relationships like hold back the company as a whole yep. where they, they shouldn't, right? Like nobody was ever in a role in, in any of my companies ever, nobody's ever been in a role where they didn't deserve to be there because they were qualified. Like even family members, like I, if you hire a family member to give them a leg up, like you're doing them a disservice. Yeah. Right. If you retain an employee who's not performing and you don't have a a performance improvement plan conversation with them, right. If you don't have a, Hey, Hey, here's the problem. You need to fix this. You need to change this or someone else can take your spot because the person who's in this spot needs to be able to do these things. If you don't have that conversation with somebody, you're holding them back right? Because they're being enabled, right? Mm-hmm. And they're holding that function back, which is holding the company back, which is yep. hurting everybody else on the team. Yep. Like we don't sacrifice the rights of the, the many for the few, right? That's, that's communism. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's communism and socialism. It's like, let's sacrifice the rights of everybody for, for the few people, mm-hmm. right? Like, no, that's that like, like the meritocracy, the people getting getting rewarded for their behavior and, and getting incentivized through their behavior and their results. Like that's what builds great companies. Capitalism builds great countries. And so when we look at teams, like we have to think like that. Yeah. What do you think your other mistake on in business partnerships is? Oh man. I think one of the things is, is just circling back to that, having, bringing in team members on wins. Mm like financially structuring compensation plans. Like, how do you mean? Well, you've got to bring in, whenever you can drive um, compensation with performance, I think you should, right? Like we don't want- Like what roles do you think that works with? Like salespeople, obviously. Um, I think think marketing people as well. Um, I think just pure operations or administrative team members don't really need- um, you know, like performance-based compensation is difficult for them or like IT, those are hard. Like there's other metrics that you can use for them. Um, but, but it's just difficult to do financially. But I think when, when it comes to people who create revenue or profit in the business mm-hmm. or your leadership, yeah. I think people should be incentivized for the business to do well and have ownership. Because at the end of the day, nobody is ever going to care as much about your business yeah. as you are. Mm-hmm. Nobody will. No. Never. Like, like as much as you want your employee to care, as much as you want your assistant to care, as much as you want <laughs> your content manager to care, like they're not, they're not looking at the P and L and getting an impact on their financial life. And hopefully you've created a mission that's exciting and they're bought in on. Yeah. Right. If you've, if you've made it bigger than just a business, right. But they're going to need the more that you can incentivize them with compensation, that's going to help drive, drive them forward and make them feel like partners. Right. And so there's there's some different ways to, to structure that and to do that. Um, but ultimately guys this is so good. I'm like, I'm thinking back to, um, to, to those mistakes. I mean, and I've had, I've had, I've had guys leave, leave from working for me and go start their own companies and succeed. Yeah. And that's amazing. Several, and I think it's incredible. And honestly, um, I look back and I go, I'm so happy for them. And there's there was ones that I'm like, yes, they needed to move on. But there's ones that I'm like, man, I probably could have, 
I could have brought them in and made them an owner of this in a different way. Yeah. In a different financial structure. Yeah. That, that it would have, it would have, that they would have rose with it yeah. instead of me trying to hold on to everything. Yeah. And it would have quenched that thirst too, because those people were all, all like entrepreneur type employees. Yeah. And it would have quenched that thirst for them of like needing to do their own thing and having ownership if we would have brought them in truly that way. You yeah. Know? yeah. We would have had them for, for longer. Right. And so the, like the net net of everything, it's like, if a, if a partnership and I'll, I'll say this and we'll kind of wrap up this episode today, I'll say this when, when a partnership is most equally balanced in terms of the financial structure, that's when it's going to thrive and be healthy. If it's uneven on either side, that's when you're going to have strife. You're going to have pain. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, you might've got away with something in a negotiation, but eventually yeah, it's going to create an issue because yep. if it's not aligned on both sides, mm-hmm. there's going to be resentment. There's going to be, there's going to be feelings this way, that way. It's going to, it's going to unravel at some point in some way. And so in order for a partnership to succeed, yeah, the financial structure, who gets what like has to be aligned in the best interest of both sides to the best possible outcome there. Because you, you'll just end up where someone, oh, you owe me this, or I've done this, and what are you doing? Yep. It, it just gets there eventually. And so you may get away from something in the negotiation. Well, yeah, it just it sparked this thought for me of like a mistake that we kind of talk about, like looking back now and working with companies like we do now. And we always tell our, we, I asked you the question, like, do you think it was a, a mistake not partnering with someone in the business for Lady Boss? Like, bringing on like an actual partnership at the top level of the business, like not just as an like employees, but someone that could have like breathed life into lady boss and kind of done for what others like literally while we're doing what we're doing now is because we didn't have that because we were so closed off to having like a partnership in the business. So do you think it was a mistake that we didn't, that we didn't like bring someone in that could have given us insight in our business? Yeah. I mean, I think that you can give small minority percentages of your business to someone who's walked where you want to walk and get massive value out of it. Yeah. Right. Like you can partner with people have like, there's just a small amount. Like once you get to a couple million a year, Mm -hmm. there's such a small amount of businesses that have been there. Yeah. And, and people that have been there. Right. Mm -hmm. And people that have been there are busy and they make a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, this is why, this is where boards come from right? Like you have a board, you have advisors, right? You bring people in to help see what you can't see Mm -hmm. and not just masterminds, like masterminds in the the business digital context. If you, if you ever been in a mastermind, like those are helpful. You get lots of ideas, you get connections and Mm -hmm. people and they're, they're incredibly important. I think we talked about that in the last episode, but, but having people who have context that can speak into what you're doing and understand what you're doing and have walked at a high level before and have been where you want to go. I think I would have saved so much pain and heartache and money and (laughs) at least four, $4 million. Yeah. At least $4 million and just like straight to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact, just dumb mistakes that somebody else could have seen. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like opportunity cost. You can't even measure. Mm Mm-hmm right? But that that one you can. And so guys, if you're in a partnership right now, get clear on your roles. 
right? Yeah. This is good. Like these are things Absolutely. I'm like, make a T chart. I'm like, make a T chart. Make What's- a T chart with your wife at home. Yeah, there you go. In your house, even if she's not a partner, <laughs> make the T-chart. There you go. And then commit to your side of the line in your house. Like if, you, if your wife is mad at you right now and you made a T-chart and she told you what she's expecting that you take care of in your house and you finally got clarity on that, it'd probably save you a lot of problems right now. <laughs> she's like, I just, I expect you to take out the trash. You're like, well, you never told me that. Well, make the T-chart and see like what it is that she has that expectation for. Yeah. And just in your marriage alone, that'll like change the game. Yeah. Operating your gifts, guys. Yeah. Operating your gifts is so good. This, I'm, I got to remember these things. These are like the, our lessons, right? Mm-hmm. And and plan when your family dynamic shifts, kids come and go and all that, like you've got to adjust your business around that. Yeah. You've got to sit and proactively do it. You know, a lot of, most companies don't even sit down and plan their quarters ahead of time. Most people, even worse than that, don't sit and plan their family yeah. around. Yeah. It's like we wait until it bubbles up and blows up. Yeah. And so like like we have a cadence in our family, how we set goals, how we plan trips, mm-hmm. how we roll week to week. Like yeah. there's a there's a system installed in the family, right? That those are good. Mm-hmm. Guys, getting to agreements. If you're if you have a handshake partnership and you're on the and you're on the non uh, operating <laughs> agreement side of those, <laughs> like you don't own anything until you own something. Yep. Right. Until it's on a piece of paper and, uh, and just trust and stay in your lane. These are so good. Hope these, hope these have helped you guys today for another episode of big business mistakes. We're pumped to, to be here to share with you guys, to hear from you guys. If you're on YouTube, drop us a like, hit the subscribe button. If you're on all the other podcasting platforms, yeah, just do what you know how to do. Do the thing. We appreciate it. We really do. We appreciate it. Last thing, you have to tell everyone what your embarrassing moment is. Oh my gosh, we got to do this thing. All right, guys. So when I was a kid, okay, you know how like when when you're a kid and you're like, go to take a picture, like everyone says like, say cheese. Say cheese, right? Yeah. So like, guys, I didn't even realize this, but it took until, I want to say I was like 14, 15 maybe, like high school. Yeah. I smiled with my teeth together, like clenched cheese. <laughs> like he thought to smile, you had to clench your teeth together to smile. <laughs> so if you, I don't know how they would be online. I'm sure they're on the internet somewhere, but I'm like, like if you look at the pictures of me as a kid, I'm like, like clenched teeth smiling. Like I didn't know you could smile like with your mouth, like open, like, like, like that, you know, <laughs> with your, yeah, your teeth apart, like your teeth apart. So I look like <laughs> stupid for, <laughs> 10 years i remember i felt so stupid when i learned that i was like how did you find out did someone tell you or you just like smiled for the first time i just remember being like <laughs> looking in the mirror like oh it looks a lot better when i don't clench my teeth <laughs> <laughs> i was like jeez <laughs> so you were taking a selfie and you're like oh god biggest takeaway you don't need to clench your teeth when you smile. If you didn't know, <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.